I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm not sure how to break this to my daughter, my oldest daughter, or, or for that matter, probably a lot of Lightning fans around the world. And that is they have made a trade. And not just any trade. But they traded Ross Colton, or Ross Golton, as he was referred to at one point. I think my daughter just says the hottie, because <laughs> um, you know, let's face it, he he literally looks like he fell off like a a, a model page or something. Really, Ross Colton? I thought Ross Colton was going to be, or was considered to be, one of their next sort of, you know young developing stars and it's not like he hasn't played well and he's mm-hmm. contributed so explain to me steve versing what would make him a candidate for dealing and they get a second round pick and mm-hmm. of course the lightning have traded most of their picks away so now they're at least involved in the nhl draft but but what makes him the candidate for this well, let's start with there. First of all, the the Lightning the NHL draft round one was Wednesday night. Lightning mm-hmm. did not have a first round pick. No, they did not. And round, that is because they've been trading them for players like Tanner Janot and Mikey Asamont and Barclay Goodrow ex- and Exactly. You go through the, you know, Blake Coleman, go back through mm-hmm. all the trades. You know, Dennis yep. Savard, I mean all these guys that they've traded for over the years. Mm-hmm. Brendan Hagel, Nick Paul. All have been trades, trade deadline deals in the last four years. First round picks. First round, second round, third round. So the Lightning had no first round pick on Wednesday night. The Lightning in rounds two through seven, which will take place this morning and in, in, into the afternoon in Nashville, didn't have a pick till the sixth round. Oh, wow. And they had a sixth and two seventh rounders. So they didn't have a pick till 179. So trading Ross Colton gets them a second round pick from Colorado. It's pick 37, mm-hmm. so it's going to be almost like the a first fifth. Runner. Yeah, so the fifth pick today. Uh, so now they are able to get a, a better prospect. And, and Al Murray, the director of scouting and amateur draft and all that, the guy who heads it up and has for years here, has said that there's a, enough players in this draft that are first-round capable quality players that are going to drop to the second round. So getting a pick high second round, in their mind, is getting them a pick that's a first-round caliber talent in the system, which – they haven't had a lot of high draft picks recently. They don't mm-hmm. have a hot, lot of high draft picks in the next couple drafts either. Yeah. So they're able to get one. Ross Colton was a restricted free agent. Now, they gave him a qualifying offer, but he was arbitration eligible. So he made, I believe, $1.25 million last year. Based on what he's done in his career, he was going to get a significant raise. More than the Lightning wanted to pay at that position, presumably, by making this trade. And so, if so how when you say you talk about five million dollars? No, probably two, maybe okay. a little over north of two. Okay. But when you have seven million in cap space and you still have to sign a couple forwards, 
got to replace Belmar and Perry, and now Colton. You need, maybe need another defenseman as Ian Cole's gone. You need a backup goalie. Like, Restrictive. Like, yeah. And if you want to try to re-sign Alex Kalorn, and Tanner Janot is not signed yet either. True. And you gave up a lot of capital for Tanner Janot. Five draft picks plus Cal Foot. Presumably, they're going to bring him back. He's also a restricted free agent with arbitration rights. So, at some point, you have to give somebody up. You couldn't keep the whole team together. Now, trading Ross Colton gets the the Lightning a high draft pick, which they could use. It also opens the door to bringing back Alex Kalorn. Don't know that'll happen. It, it it a lot of it's going to depend if Alex is willing to take less to stay here. Yeah, but it does open that door up as a possibility for Julian Breezeball and the Lightning. It definitely makes it possible to bring Tanner Janot back. And and Janot is a different type of forward than Ross Colton, of course. You know, Tanner Janot is more in the the Pat Maroon mold, except he can skate better. Like Tanner Janot. A brawler, can, a fighter, a yeah, he, you know, heavy guy. As Pat Maroon gets older, and he enters the last year of his contract this year, you know, you could see Tanner Janot kind of being that guy on the team in the future. Yeah. But he can skate a lot faster than Pat Maroon. He's a lot younger, too. Yeah. Uh, maybe not quite the personality that Pat has, but, you know, we've seen what he can do on the ice in fights. Oh, we saw him knock a guy out, and nobody touched him the rest of the year. <laughs> like, you know, he comes over, you're like, yeah. I'm good, I'm good. He dropped them like in the first two games he was with the Lightning, yeah. I think. And yeah. Like, and oh, okay. Yeah. He comes up and everyone's like, okay, we're done. We're good. We're okay here. You know? And so, you know, Julian Breezewell's got, he's got to figure out a few things. And we talked a little about this last night. I mean, who your backup goalie is. Is Brian Elliott coming back? If he does, presumably you could probably resign him for the same million dollars a year. If not, you got to find a backup goalie. And it may be a backup goalie you're using more than you have in the past. Sure. Because Andre Vasilevsky wore down last year, got a little nicked up, you know, all the things we've talked about. Now, he's had a full offseason right. now, so right. maybe those worries go away. But you may want to play him a little less. So you may need to invest a little more in your backup goalie. And you have those forwards to replace. Ian Cole's on the roster, but you have enough defensemen if you want. Although I think... I think you're probably looking to bring in a defenseman. Ian Cole ate up a lot of hard minutes. You know, M- Mikhail Sergachev took huge steps with Ryan McDonough being traded. But it was still Ian Cole taking some of the toughest minutes, like the first penalty kill. And he did a tremendous job on that. And, and I know some fans at times got a little frustrated with some of the mistakes he would make occasionally. But overall, for what he did for that team, losing Ryan McDonough, he ate so many of those tough minutes. Mikhail Sergachev took some of them and took a mm-hmm. huge step forward in his career last year. No question about that. But having someone like Ian Cole back there to to really take those first minutes like on a penalty kill so Sergachev didn't have to, that was huge. And I, I think they may look to bring someone in like that. Now, you're starting to get players who are bought out. In the NHL, it's a hard salary cap, hard AAV value. There's no manipulating like the NFL. But if there's a contract you want to get out of, you can buy them out, which means I think you pay like a quarter of of what they're supposed to get paid, and then you pay it out over four times the length of whatever's left on the contract. And I, my numbers could be off a little bit, but say someone was owed $10 million 
total for over the next two years. You buy them out. So it's a $5 million a year. So they would get paid like a million and a quarter a year for the next eight years now. So who would the Lightning buy out at the, uh, under this scenario? I don't think the Lightning will buy out, but it allows you to bring it. They did this with Kevin Shattenkirk a few years ago. Mm-hmm. The Rangers bought him out, so they were paying his salary still. Reduced yeah. him out that year, but he was getting paid. So they were able to bring Shattenkirk in for something like a million and a half, two million a year. I don't remember the exact number. Okay. But a player who's worth four or five million a year. It's a bargain, yeah. Yeah, and there's some players around the league that – are being bought out at this time, which they could look to sign. And, and you, you never know who that's going to be. Um, the Lightning bought out Vinny LeCavalier years ago. I believe they're still paying on that contract. So you you pay a fraction of it, and then you keep paying for years to come. Uh, at least Jeff Vinnick alluded to that during the Hall of Fame ceremony this year. That they were going to have a party when he stopped paying Vinny. And Vinny's buying. <laughs> I'm sure they did. I can just see that. Hey, not paying Vinny party at my house tomorrow night. Like, what? What? So, you know, this is the the price of winning. It's the price of having yeah. a lot of good players and that needing to pay those players as Sergachev and Chernak and Sorelli get big contracts. And it's the yeah. price of what's happened since COVID and the salary cap not going up. Yeah, that's you the know, biggest thing. When they signed McDonough, when they signed some of these guys, they anticipated the salary cap would go up to three, four million a year. And then COVID happened. COVID happened, and it basically is stagnated. It's gone up a million, I think, this year. Mm. Which is why those contracts at McDonough at six point seven five million or close to there. If the cap's going up three or four million a year, that that deal four years from now looks great. Hmm. Well, it doesn't when it stayed flat. You know, that's where, you know, the Rays reportedly have offered Alex Kalorn a long-term deal at low AAV. So if Alex Kalorn, let's say, could go out and get $6 million a year for two years somewhere, and, and this is just spitballing, but if he could get $12 million over the next two, the Rays could say, hey, look, we'll offer you 15 or $18 million over the next five to six years. You're only going to get three mil a year, but we'll get you that money. Mm-hmm. And and you know, but three four years from now, if the salary cap is now going up three four five million a year, then three million four or five years from now is nothing. That's zero. Yeah, that's a bad contract. Yeah. No, I mean so it's it's actually you know so at at that point at the end of the deal, even if Alex isn't the player he used to be, that three million is actually worth about two million in today's salary cap terms. Right. If the cap is, I going think up. he's. I think he's going to get blown away. I think that I think there's going to be so much money thrown at him by a team that wants a guy mm-hmm. who has won multiple mm-hmm. Stanley Cups, the way Pat Pat Marone came here, but not as good of a player. Obviously, you know, mm-hmm. Alex is coming off what a career high in goals yep. and, and and just you know lit it up. And so, some team that wants to get over the hump that thinks that they add the one more veteran piece. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be – as much as you love to stay here from people that I know mm-hmm. that know him, he, you'd be naive to think that I'm not going to take more money to go somewhere else. And so I, I don't think they have much of a chance. Well, I mean, he's in, made – and this is real. it's a personal decision, and you can't fault him if he decides to leave. No. But he has made $37 million in his career so far. Yes. And he may say, 
you know what? Enough. I don't need an extra three million to go play somewhere else for the next two years. I, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not. Look, I'm not saying. I no, you're that right. Decision. I mean, listen, it costs money to go somewhere else and live, right? I, to I'm move just saying, your family and move yourself. I don't blame him if he takes the deal, but some people could say, you know what? I'll take less to stay here this year. Yeah, I, I've made it up, and that that's a personal choice. Some players yeah. are good with that; others aren't. I mean, you know, it may depend on who comes calling too. Well, true. You know. That's true. If it's Toronto, does he want to go there? Right, right. And and boy, would Lightning fans not like that sight. Yeah. You know? No. No. Uh, you know, or if it's... Florida, the Rangers, yeah. Carolina. Well, what if, what if, you know, what if Vegas called or... Ugh. You know, I don't know. You know, I don't know if they have... They just traded Riley Smith off the team. I think they're trying to shed some cap space, so... Right, um, but somebody there is oh, no. a team. Oh, absolutely, that will pay him for a guy that does what he does. Still great on the penalty kill. Yeah, set his career high in scoring this year, and a big leader. Let's be honest; mm-hmm. he's a huge. Like I mm-hmm. think that as much as his talent and his goal scoring and all of that that he brings, I think he's the calm to the storm over there. Mm-hmm. I, I I think he's the guy that sort of like, you know. Leads the way is that quiet, steady, um, we're good here type of type of dude that is hard to replace on any team. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he like I said, I I still think he's going to get blown. I think he thinks he's going to get blown away. Hopefully not. But um, but yeah, that's so you lose. So say you lose Colton, you lose you know, maybe Alex Kalorn. Like, I think Tanner Janot then comes back. I think they're, they'll sign him longer. Janot's back, yeah. Okay. And then you got some holes to fill. I mean, are you bringing back Corey Perry? I don't think they do. I don't think so. Uh, are you bringing back Pierre-Edward Belmar? I don't think they do. I don't think so. No. Um, defense, you're going to lose Ian Cole. Do you want to replace him? Now you have people like Philip Myers in the minors, and you had Hayden Fleury, who was your seventh or eighth defenseman. Right. You know, are you comfortable with Zach Bogosian taking on more, mm. uh, you know, et cetera? That's, you know, something they have to figure out defensively. Yeah. You need a backup goalie. Yep, you sure do. And I don't know how many guys. In, I mean, I think you'll see a, a guy or two from Syracuse come up and be that fourth line. I, I think, you know, replacing Perry and, and Belmar, you're going to see some, whether it's Cole Kepke, who they've resigned. Or you know some others in Syracuse yeah, that'll, that'll get a chance, and and I I, yep. I think there's going to be some spots open in camp, which you know hasn't always That's been good. the case on this team, but I think there will be because they're going to need some of those younger players on cheap deals, you know, making right. seven fifty a year instead of a million and a half. They need those guys. Right. Yeah, it helps your salary cap and all of that. Mm-hmm. Well, at least they're going to be involved in the draft. Um, sorry for Ross Colton. Sorry for my daughter, who's a big hey, fan. For- he'll forever go down in lightning lore. I mean, he scored the game-winning goal of the Stanley Cup in 2021. How about that? It was his yeah, goal that was the game-winning about- goal of the series. Yeah, it was. I mean, he will forever be remembered in lightning lore. Yeah, finally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> finally. By men and women alike. Um, yeah, no. he I, and, and look. I think his best hockey is still ahead of him. Right? No matter what you thought he should be doing, mm-hmm. was going to do, I think he, I think Ross still has a lot of uh, of great hockey. His best part of his career is in front of him. So and he's going to a good yeah, team. Wish. I mean, he's going to Colorado. Yeah, so we know they're a yeah, good team. Is. Yeah, that won't hurt. That won't suck for him. And you might see him down the road uh, in a little bit. All right, so we got a lot more to talk about. Um, first, though, 
I want to tell you how to save money on your electric bills called May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. They've been installing solar electric systems now for 13 years. There's a lot of these companies out there, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection. That's for all your appliances. That's what they're calling the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric, they display all their products. They conduct on uh, site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, so you know they're going to they're doing the job right. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. Schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. And you can also preserve the quality of your appliances through every storm season. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. So, one of the comforts that you have in looking at the Rays and what they have done is that, well, no matter what happens, right, bad homestand, maybe a start to a road trip, not so good, well, they got the best record in baseball. Here's the thing. They may not, after tonight, as we do this podcast, or very shortly, that's staggering to me because no team jumped out, of course, not just with the 14 straight wins, but just in general, and there is a team record-wise or percentage-wise that's better or maybe better soon than the Tampa Bay Rays. The Atlanta Braves, who are on a heck of a hot streak, will have a better mm. winning percentage than the Rays if the Rays lose in Arizona on Wednesday night. They are trailing 2 mm. nothing in the bottom of the seventh as we record this. That's incredible to me. Mm-hmm. They'll have one less win. The Rays still have more wins. But they played more games. But yeah, the Braves will have a better winning percentage. I mean, they're on fire. And I think they've been knocking on the door. I, I will not be surprised if if the if this is the year that Atlanta wins the World Series, but certainly should be in the NLCS or whatever. Um I, I think they're, they're the best good. team in the National League, no question. I mean, because the NL West has been the thing, right? And now you have a bunch of teams, starting with Arizona, who's very good, by the way, and and maybe not ready to give up the lead that they have. Then the Dodgers, then the Padres. Like, there's really well, the good Giants teams. are actually the second place team the, in the division. The Giants are the second place team. You're right. I completely skipped over yeah. them. So that's a really great division yeah. in baseball. The Padres and are six games under 500 with that lineup. It's incredible to have that kind of lineup and, and the money that they've spent. But that's a great division. And, and the only team worse than them as far as spending that kind of money is the Mets, who are eight games below five hundred. <laughs> that's true. Something bad's <laughs> going to happen in New York, man. Buck Showalter, love you, man. He's a good friend of the show, <laughs> as they say. Good friend of Eddie's. That's why I say that. Um, my friend Eduardo Encina, of course, covered him with the uh, Baltimore Orioles. I always give Eddie a bunch of crap because I'm like, so we were in, I, th- I want to say it was Dallas, wherever Showalter lives. <laughs> One night he ghosted me. I'm, I'm really not mad about this, but he ghosted me. I go, hey, man, what are you doing for dinner? He goes, oh, I'm going to Buck's house. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> it's like that? I'm going to Buck's house? And Buck was not a manager at that time. He was out of baseball. And uh, he's like, yeah, he's going you know, to have some barbecue or something. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm good. Have fun. But... uh 
Yeah, it's tough right now with the Mets, the way things are going, and they spent a lot of money, and um, you certainly you know, they certainly expect more. Um, so here, a couple things. One, and Mark Tompkin wrote about this, and we, we touched on it yesterday. Um, I thought it was interesting, though, hearing from a guy like uh, Evan Longoria saying, I just want my day, you know? I don't know when it's going to come. It'd be great if if my team now Arizona, you know, were playing there and they're not. Um, he didn't get to go there with the Giants. But whether it's post career, throwing out the first pitch, Evan really would embrace, and I think the fans would obviously too, coming back to the trop and just, you know what? It's Evan Longoria Day. Raise the the number to the rafters. Whatever you got to do. But he's sort of already thinking about that and how, how cool that will be. Well, there's no question when he retires, they will put his number up there with Wade Boggs and Don Zimmer and, Absolutely. and Jackie Robinson, the three numbers retired Absolutely. at the Trop. Mm-hmm. I would imagine it'll be the first year he retires. I do like, too. And he'll yep. go in the, the Rays Hall of Fame. I mean, there's no he's the greatest player in Rays history. No there's question. There's not even a question about it. And and so he will have his day, and and whatever he wants it to be, they will. I'm sure they'll accommodate it. You know, from first pitch to whatever, if it's a weekend, whatever it is, whatever he wants. Yeah. And he still lives yeah. in St. Petersburg, has a house there. Yeah. So you know, he he will get that day, no question. Right. And and, and deservedly so, and I think the fans will sell it out, and it'll be a wonderful, it'll be a wonderful day there. Hmm. But, yeah, and, and, you know, Mark kind of asked him about it, and he kind of, you know, whatever. And then he kind of thought about it was like, yeah, I, I would like that. It would be great. And, and he even talked about if they gave out number three, it would hurt them. Now, they haven't given yeah. it out, and I don't think they ever would. And they won't. They're waiting no. to retire it. Absolutely. It's a special place for him, and it always will be. And, of course, he had a really big game, their first game in Arizona against the Rays. Um, but, yeah, Evan will always – you know, have a a soft spot for every every race fan because of watching him grow up and do it. You know, do what he did as a rookie, and then beyond that. And it's unfortunate that they weren't able to have a need and or fit for him to come back. I know you know he was amenable to that, but it'd be great to see a day just just for Longo. Um, with respect to the All Star Game, so we got a chance that there will be two Rays players starting for the American League? That is correct. The voting, I believe, ends at noon today Okay. for the second phase voting. And okay. at this point, uh, at, when they put the update out on Wednesday afternoon, yep. Yandy Diaz was leading Vladimir Guerrero Jr. 53 to 47% at first base. Nice. That's solid. Yep. yep. And, and the outfielders, Randy Rosarina, was second out of the six outfielders. Mike Trout was at 23%, Araz Arena at 22%, Aaron Judge at 19%, and then Jordan, Jordan Alvarez at 15%. Yeah, because he was at third, and now he's a solid mm-hmm. two, so it looks like Yeah, this round of voting. Uh, Aaron Judge, of course, is hurt right now. That may be hurting his vote total. True. Uh, and Kevin Kiermeyer is last of the six outfielders who made the final. He's at 10%. <laughs> but if, if based on these updates – the starting lineup would be Rays first baseman Yandy Diaz at first, Ranger second baseman Marcus Simeon at second, Ranger shortstop Corey Seager at short, Rangers 
The whole infield. Third base at Josh Jung. Rangers catcher Johan Heim. Wow. Is that is that right? Yeah, they would have uh, second, third, short, and catcher would be starting. Wow. For That's the Rangers, incredible. which they're having a phenomenal season, but their fans are obviously outvoting. Now, Adolis Garcia is fifth among the outfielders, so. It's not like they're the 75 Reds. I mean, no. my God. Well, but when it's a fan vote, if their fans are coming out and voting. Yeah, that's true. So it could be a, it could be a lot of uh, Rangers in the starting lineup. And in the National League, uh, several Braves. We already know Acuna is going to start. Uh, right now, Orlando Arcia would start at short. Sean Murphy would start at catcher. Mm-hmm. And Matt Olson, Ozzie Albies, and Austin Riley look like they're losing their that first, second, and third. So, but yeah, well, the best teams should have the most representatives. I mean, that's 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 the way it truly should go. Yep. A couple of a couple of things. Um, Longo again. We talked about this a little bit. How he'd like to finish his career here, even if it's just a day. Um, Mark talked about that in the Tampa Bay Times. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know that it'll happen that he plays here again, but I think I think it's cool that he's around to the idea of yeah, let me let me come back in that building, raise mm-hmm. my jersey to the Raptors, and, and have my day. I thought that was that was neat. If you want to check that out in Mark Tompkins' column, hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Also, a really good story um, by Joey Knight and... Matt Baker about how things went sideways between USF and UCF in that at one point it looked like USF was way ahead and didn't want to play UCF ever again. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know that the vision was better in terms of the administration, the athletic department, everybody that they got their act in order in uh, UCF in central Florida. And look at them now, look at me now going to the big 12 um, what went wrong? What was the fork in the road? Why is it that uh, the fortunes were reversed the way they were after sort of UCF being the you know the little sister? Really good story by Matt Baker and Joy Knight. So mm-hmm. check that out in the Tampa Bay Times and Tampa Bay dot com. I I we've all lived it, and it's sort of happening. You know, it's the old line that like well, it was very slowly and then all at once <laughs> you know it's kind of like mm-hmm. okay so they've lost six straight and usf really don't have a really reason to play for them with them again and oh they're going to big 12 <laughs> it's like wait what well and, the and bus left look there's a lot of reasons why the moves yeah. were made yeah but it comes down to the football success it does to me i mean i, I wasn't here during jim levitt when they had a meteoric rise and you know faster than you're supposed to be able to rise in football uh-huh. And you know, seeing it from afar, you know, you've seen the, the the images and seeing the number two in the country. I got here when Skip Holtz was the coach. Yeah, sure. And you know, with the exception of two years of Quentin Flowers, this has not been a a a 
a very good football team. No, it's been dreadful. Yeah. You know, and when you win four games over the last three years, one of them against an FBS school, there's no yeah, way the Big Twelve's no. looking at you. No, of course not. You know, I mean, that's – there's a lot of things that go into it. It's not just football. Because USF right. does pretty well with the non-revenue sports or the, the, the lesser sports. I mean, they're not mm-hmm. – they hold their own in many of the other sports. Their men's basketball team could probably be better. And we'll see with the yep. new coach this year, too, if they can get there. You know, unfortunately, for USF, the two biggest programs, the most visible programs in sports, in college sports, are the ones that they struggle the most at and have for right. a while now. And that hurts you in those realignment talks. I mean, it's no secret Cincinnati, you know, their football success helped them big time get to the Big 12. UCF's as well. Sure it did. And Houston yeah. as well. I mean, the Big 12 commissioner talked about it. He goes, mm-hmm. we need schools that are going to help us in football first. Yes, you have to meet the academic requirements. And USF is a phenomenal educational institution. Yep. But there's a lot of great educational institutions. You have to bring the sports with you for these conferences. And, and USF hasn't figured out football. Now, whether it's because of no on-campus stadium, that may be a big part of it, which is what, what they're trying to figure out now. And hopefully, whatever solution they come up with, whether it is going ahead and building the $340 million stadium or whatever, it helps them. Hopefully, Alex Golish does well. Sure. You know, but, I mean, you know, go through the coach, Skip Holtz. Willie Taggart was ready to get fired until he started Quentin Flowers. Oh, we had that show. Mm-hmm. I remember very succinctly he used to come on on Tuesday mornings, and it was mm-hmm. like, uh, eh, uh, if you lose, you know, what's going to happen? <laughs> and, and, and of course, they won, and then mm-hmm. Quentin Flowers went on and, and kind of sort of saved his bacon a little bit. But got him the job uh, at Oregon and then Florida State, really. Yeah, he certainly did, and, and but that was a thing. You know, that was definitely – Mm-hmm. Definitely a thing that uh, everyone had to be concerned about. So Charlie Strong wasn't right. good here. Nope. Jeff Scott. Nope. Nope. Now maybe COVID and all that hurt him and, and didn't really let him get his program off the the map. But it it didn't get off the map. Right. You know, and so it, it's if you can't figure out football, it's hard to start anything realignment talk wise. No, for sure. And UCF was focused. They were together. Um, they moved on it, and that's why they're going into the Big 12, what, this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was Saturday, uh, July 1st. Yeah. It's the right. first day that Houston, BYU, Cincinnati, UCF joined the Big 12. Yeah, pretty remarkable. All right, wrap it up on this. My good friend, and I do mean my good friend, the lovely, the talented, you see her on NFL Network, sometimes on other networks as well, uh, doing some women's soccer and whatnot, Sarah Walsh who is funnier than hell sometimes, go check it out online, Good Morning Football. She does a rant <laughs> on how long men lying about how long it takes to play golf. She's like, first of all, nobody's ever played a round of golf in three and a half hours. You guys are liars. <laughs> it's like it's, we know this, okay? Like don't even try to throw it up at us. But it goes from there. She doesn't slow down. It is brilliant. And she nails all of us. <laughs> she nails anybody who has picked up a club, you know. And um, there are some lines in there that are just just priceless. But check out the rant. It's like, 
First of all, if your wife calls you when you're golfing, she's not interrupting, okay? It's not like you're doing a 60-minute massage, you know? She can't find the remote. She has every reason. You need a passport? Yeah, she should call you. Um, seven hours later, you know, is, is sort of when you show up. And, um, you know, just it goes on and on, but it is absolutely hilarious. And, and I don't know how many of these lies I've told. Like, I think every time, and it's rare that I would go play golf with my son and be like, yeah, I'll be back in, I don't know, four and a half, maybe five. And it's like, eight hours later yeah but if you're with your son though that's family time see that's no that's true that's not your buddies no one can begrudge that's not your buds your buds you're going to the 19th hole and you have you're kicking back Mm -hmm. a few beers and it's like hey we just finished what two hours ago you know it's just it's a golf lie it's not a real lie it's a golf lie so you know sarah sarah called called everybody out it's hysterical check it out you can see it online nfl.com as well um, she's almost as funny as Kyle Brandt, which is hysterical, but, um, this is a really good take for her. All right. So tomorrow to wrap up the week, we're going to have your mailbag questions. You can still submit those if you want to online at sports day TV and reach me on, on online on Twitter at NFL Stroud or my email address is rstroud at Tampa Bay.com for Steve first thing I'm Stroud, Tampa times. Have a great day, everybody.